1: Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello everyone. With England's Test Series against Pakistan due to start on the 1st of December, I have the great pleasure to welcome Lina Moin aziz Asia's first female cricket commentator, to The Paddock and the Pavilion. Hello Lina.
0: Hi, Stefan. How are you? Good to be with you finally,
1: huh? Yes, delighted to finally speak to you in person. Um, well, on well, actually, on Zoom, and I'm looking forward to our chat about your broadcasting career and mm-hmm. and also about Pakistan cricket, with a focus on the forthcoming three-match Test series. But I'd like sure. to begin by asking you about the reaction to England's return for a seven-match T20 series. In late September,
0: well, you know there was a lot of enthusiasm. Everyone was very excited. First of all, I mean, uh, back back home, people in Pakistan just wanted that series to go through uh, smoothly, so then more could sort of proceed in the coming months. The test series, as you know, is uh, now in uh, very shortly in a weeks' time or so. So then, first, the first thing everyone wanted back home was that you know that, that England should come after that uh, such a long uh, hiatus, and then. And then that, that should, series should go smoothly. And then secondly, I mean, looking at it cricket-wise, people wanted a close competitive series. People wanted Pakistan to do well um, uh, uh, against uh, England or big side. And, you know, various other little matchups and Babar Azam to do well. People wanted to judge his captaincy against a big side in difficult circumstances. So lots of little, little matchups were going on. And then, of course, there was a huge uh, level of excitement uh, that a big team was coming, England, England were finally coming up so, after so many years, and they were just looking forward to seeing some exciting matches, and they got some exciting uh, matches. I mean, uh, some excellent matches, and that is, you know, the whole. that is what the whole scenario looked back home.
1: And Moeen Ali being the England captain with... Hmm with him having Pakistani descent and England descent, he was the perfect man for the role.
0: Yeah, he was. and But, you know, one thing that people wanted to see back home was some great batting, aggressive batting by Joss Butler. But unfortunately, he was, um, you know, not fully fit for the series. So Muin uh, was the captain. So that was also very exciting that, you know, someone from Pakistani descent was captaining the English side. He captained, uh, ca- captained them so well. Uh, and, you know, led them with a lot of aggression. So that was very exciting. I mean, uh, but yeah, we, we back home would have loved to see Josh Butler also play one of his dashing innings, maybe not in all the matches, because if he'd done that in all the matches, Pakistan would lose all the matches because he, once he's on song, he's a difficult batsman to control. But then we got to see some new faces like, you know, Harry Brooks. And that was very exciting. Someone uh, who had, uh, you know, played a little bit at the PSL. So the whole series was quite exciting and some good youngsters from Pakistan. So, yeah, maybe Pakistan could have experimented a little more, I feel. But then, uh, yeah, we started saw an exciting series.
1: Yeah, to and, and fro, didn't it? And Pakistan were 3-2 up and... Uh... England winning the series 4-3. We're often saying when there's a seven-match series that, oh my God, there's so much cricket here. But that wasn't the case in this series, was it?
0: Yeah, I mean, there are lots of matches. Seven is a big number to have. Uh, and just before the World Cup, it, uh, I felt it was great preparation for both the teams. And and that's why I feel both the teams, one of the reasons both, both the teams were in the final of the World Cup was because they played a lot of matches uh, just before the World Cup. Uh, against each other and also just generally a lot of matches. And then Pakistan went on to New Zealand and played a few matches there. But that series was a good preparation for both the uh, both the sides. And uh, yeah, some great cricket. And like you said, Pakistan was up. They should have won the series. But then there, there has been this slight problem with Pakistan. They haven't been able to close out series. I mean, e- even this series... Uh, against England they should have closed it uh, down and won the series and also the test series against uh, Sri Lanka they were one up and they were in a good position uh, to sort of dominate the series but then that series ended up 1-1 then before that against the West Indies so yeah that did show Pakistan's inability and that one weakness to close down a series whether I mean you put it down to a new captain or you know not such an experienced captain in Baba Azam or you know uh, maybe nervousness to uh, close down a series uh, or when that moment comes that you got to win the match and just win that series, Pakistan was unable to do it. So, you know, uh, I just, that is where I feel, um, you know, that a psychologist is a is a good deal to have, a good person to have, just sort of calm your nerves in a difficult situation or when you have to close down matches or close down a series. So yeah, I I think it'll be a great addition in the Pakistan side to have someone who could mentor them, uh, someone like not even a, psychlo- a psychologist, maybe someone like a Matthew Hayden on a regular basis or a foreign coach. Well,
1: we're going to move on now. We we'll, later we're going to talk about the World Cup because I know you've got some strong views about the Pakistani team in the the World Cup. But uh, how did you first get into cricket yourself?
0: Well, a long story. It was. Um, You know, I was a little girl. uh, India was touring Pakistan back in the late uh, 70s, 1978 to be precise. I was just growing growing up in my grandmother's house in Peshawar. And uh, as luck would have it, she had a huge house, which had a big garden. And most of my female cousins were out of the country, maybe studying abroad and all. But at that point, at that juncture, I had uh, male cousins, seven, eight years older than me and his big joint family system. At that point, we were living there for a while at my grandmother's house. So all those older cousins and my father being a fanatic, cricket fanatic, and he still is. I mean, they used to play cricket on a regular basis. And then so, you know, I was little feeling lonely. So they used to involve me. So I got involved playing cricket with them. And I had the sort of personality where, you know, very soon, within a year or so, I became the leader. Somehow, I don't know how. And and I sort of conspired with my grandmother and we got these, and my cousin, Sherry. And we got uh, these uh, lights, um, you know, the big um, triangular lights and started playing night cricket. So just, you know, four, five men in the house, me, some neighbors. Uh, on the weekends, we'd have like, 8, 10, 15 people playing cricket, uh, you know, in my my grandmother's garden. And from there, I mean, my passion grew. I mean, I started to watch more test cricket. I went back, we shifted to Islamabad the following year. And I started to play on the streets with boys who were like older than me, seven, six, eight years older than me with a tape ball. I got to learn how to uh, put tape, uh, solution tape on the tennis ball. Uh, Played regularly on the streets of Slambath. And, you know, then a couple of years later, I started to captain, um, you know, young people my age. And um, we used to play with different streets, proper matches, 10-over matches, 20-overs. And once in a month, we would play with a proper ball in a nice cricket ground and not on the streets. And that's how it started. And then one day I was just, I was about sixteen. And sixteen, seventeen, maybe. And I was watching a, a game at a friend's house. And that happened to be one of the newspapers, you know, he, the, the, the guy's father happened to be a newspaper owner. And he was just, I think, uh, just resting in the next room. And he heard me comment and he called his son. He said, who's this young lady who knows more about cricket than you? And so, the, you know, the son told him who exactly I was and whose daughter and whose uh, uh, niece and how it works in Pakistan. So he said, OK, just call her. I want to speak to her. And then, you know, he said, come over uh, to my office. I'd like you to write on cricket. And that's how I started to write on international games.
1: How old were you then?
0: I was, I was in my teens. I think the first proper article I wrote uh, was I was just about to be 20 and uh, yeah I mean and then I covered the, uh, the 1996 newspaper uh, World Cup in uh, Pakistan, the 1997 98 uh, 98 uh, Australian tour to Pakistan and in between the little small series. and from there I started to work on TV and started to commentate a few years later down the line and uh, do analysis, work for the Radio Pakistan, which uh, for them, I have done over 200 international matches, uh, uh, say 30 test matches and T20s and World Cups and bilateral series. And now, a few years um, ago, I started to work on the domestic level and commentate, uh, you know, the Pakistan uh, first class season and so on and so forth. But all along the 20 years, I've always been an analyst Um, You know, even now when I'm in Dubai, I do shows two, three times a week for different television channels. Some international ones also, like the TRT World. So, you know, I'm constantly wherever I am in the world. now that i have made a name you know worked so hard over the last 20 25 years they people follow me channels follow me and i am I, like you know i'm uh, you're following me and i'm here for you <laughs> so you know things like that just, this is the way it worked out for me but it's been a diff- difficult journey as an asian woman to inc- i've encountered many villains in my career people who didn't want me to do well which people didn't like for some reason which i still don't know they didn't like me
1: can we go back? your writing, you know, as a you know 19 20 year old, and then how, Lena, did you get into broadcasting on the the television and the radio?
0: Well, you know, uh, I, like I told you, I, was, I started to write pretty young, and for for a few years, I just kept writing uh, for the newspaper called the Muslim. It was a Islamabad new, uh, based newspaper, uh, quite popular nationally also. So I was writing for them, covering different series. Um, And then I covered the 1996 World Cup for them. And then, you know, there was a female managing director, a lady uh, for the Pakistan television, which is like the BBC for Pakistan, the state television. She read my articles and she asked, called one of the sports producers and said, who's this uh, woman who's writing? for this newspaper so you know he very you know how it is in pakistan very jokingly said oh yeah it's some young lady you know i don't know so she he she said that you know whoever she is i want to meet her and then she met me called called me to her office and then she said we would like you to do a television analysis with uh you know gentlemen a gentleman like sarfaraz nawaz and some other cricketers, whenever, you know, we have an opportunity, if we, we call you, would you like to do it? And I said, yeah, of course, I'd love to do it. I mean, you who won't, um, you know, like to be on TV for something that you're passionate about? So that's how it started.
1: Do you remember the, the first game you worked on on television and how nervous were you working on telly?
0: Not really nervous because, you know, uh, before that I'd done, I worked for a newspaper and, you know, I was pretty confident about my trait, my knowledge, the work, kind of work I was putting into the game and not just work, it's my passion, you know. So when you're working and it's your passion, it becomes easier. So, yeah, I mean, a little bit, uh, not too much though. I remember I wasn't too nervous just, uh, you know, back then uh, uh, because I, I dress up in a very Western fashion. Even when I'm in Pakistan, I'm a very jean, sneaker person. And those were the days when, um, you know, Ziaul Haq had just, you know, uh, ruled Pakistan for many years. So the only thing I remember was that they wanted me to wear some kind of a dupatta. You know what a dupatta is? Um, no, it's like no, a Jeff. scarf. So I refused and he said, okay, you don't want to wear that. It, it's, it, was, it was winters then, so you can wear a jacket. And I said, fine, we can agree on a jacket. So I just wore a jacket over my um, pair of jeans and that's how it started. And um, I remember my first program with, was with sulfuraz Sarf- Nawaz. And then I did many programs and many shows with him over the, the next 20 years. So yeah, that is how it started, but I wasn't too nervous.
1: What was it like working for Sarfraz Nawaz? Was he one of your cricket and heroes when you were growing up?
0: Oh, definitely. Uh, definitely. After he took those nine wickets at uh, Melbourne, he certainly became my hero. And uh, he was someone I admired a lot. And of course, I knew that he was uh, considered to be the, the pioneer of reverse swing in the world. And even Imran Khan had learned that trade from Sarfraz. And Sarfraz had passed that on to Imran and then Imran on to other bowlers. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's a big thing. Uh, but he he made it very easy. Sarfaraz is a very easygoing person, uh, you know, very relaxed. Um, and uh, he won't make it difficult for you to work with him. Uh, if he had to criticize you, he, he would. But not maybe, uh, not with any malice in his heart. So, it was good. I was learning. It was a learning um, Sort of a time for me, so I would learn from him, but I think I could. I held myself in a good stead and I was pretty strong. Um, so yeah, it was good fun.
1: And when you started, you were the first Asia's first woman commentator. Was there a lot of hostility towards you? I mean, did some men make it very difficult?
0: Yes, some men did. I mean, back at the Pakistan television, they had this. Uh, Gentleman who was managing them. Uh, he didn't like me for some odd reason. I mean, there was a time that I worked with him and we were fine with each other. But when he became the director of sports of Pakistan Television, he somehow... I mean, he didn't want me uh, there or I don't know if he felt insecure or what his problem was with me. I did try and ask him and I said, look, you know, whatever it is, let's sit down, sort it out. But he's not that kind of guy who sorts out things, you know. Uh, so, yeah, he gave me um, a pretty hard time. Some of the, you know, people around, in and around the circle gave me a hard time. But then there, there were some people who really appreciated me. I mean, there are lots of people who really appreciate with me. People at the Radio Pakistan were quite helpful Then some commentators really, you know, helped me a a bit uh, to grow and to, you know, learn. Chishtin Mujahid was one, um, the gentleman at the Radio Pakistan who helped me and gave me chances. And um, and if they had to, of course, when you're just starting out something, you will make mistakes. They will point those out to me and help me become better. So, yeah, there's some heroes and some villains. So it's like a mixed bag.
1: And of the two, working on the radio or the television, which do you prefer?
0: Well, I knew this question was coming. It's a very, very difficult question to answer. I, I mean, I think both are uh, quite different to each other. Um, in on radio, it's very difficult because you can't breathe even when you're when you're commentating. You have to be the uh, listeners eyes and ears and you have you have to say things like oh in he comes passes the empire knock and balls you know you so you can't say those things on television the television people can watch and you generally have to commentate differently and 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 when commentating on television i learned that there are two kind of commentators the, the the lead commentator and the uh, color commentator so usually i got to get to do the color commentary and on radio i do the lead commentary so i i had both the experiences and i i love them both i mean the t- challenges are different so it'd be unfair to compare both both are very enjoyable for me because i tend to i mean i want to learn um and i think the learning never stops even if you be- become the best commentator in the world and you you know 75 years old and you're still commentating you're still learning I feel so I I argue them differently and I feel both television and radio have got different challenges and very exciting ones so to compare them wouldn't be fair
1: and with so much cricket now male female you must have to do a lot of research to keep up with all the changes in players and
0: yeah, of course. I mean, um, I, I uh, one of the things that helped me research a lot, um, of course, articles and all those and programs, but one of the things that on a daily basis helped me a lot is the Twitter. I mean, I use the Twitter a lot and it helps you, you know, you read about what the other, what so many fans are saying, you know, and um, you, you get to know what's happening in the world vis-a-vis cricket. And um, also I watch every game religiously. That helps me learn a lot. And, uh, you know, just uh, watch every game almost. So that helps me. And then I read a lot. I have these great discussions with my son who follows the game um, uh, very religiously, football and cricket. So, yeah, all these, uh, you know, amalgamate all these factors, the articles, the TV programs, watching games religiously, talking about the game with my son and other people, even um, going to different spaces nowadays. Uh, so, you know, you get different views and you um, sort of learn and then you give your view and you get uh, people to talk about your view. So it's, it's become easy now to research because you can do it so many ways. But my favorite way is to discuss and to do analysis program, watch a lot of games, especially test matches. I mean, that it just helps you learn about a player individually. What you can learn about a player while he's playing test matches, it's so much more than any other shorter word uh, matches. Or. So, you know, yeah, lots of lots of different um, angles where I learn and keep up with what's going on. And then almost every two three, uh, two, two, three times a week I've got my shows. So, yeah, that, you know, keeps me updated.
1: And have you got some commentary and radio heroes that you follow and like?
0: Well, yeah, on television, definitely, I've got Mike Arthur and Nasir Hissam, my two favorites. Um, I like uh, some of what uh, Ian Chappell says. Um, back home, uh, when Ramesh Raja was commented, I liked his commentary. Ravi Shastri, I liked his commentary. Uh, I used to like Rishi Beno a lot. So, you know, yeah, and Isha Goa, someone I like and... We've also got one female commentator back home, Aruj, she's pretty good, so you know I like all these commentators. I love to work with the with them, you know given a chance.
1: And you mentioned a few there. there's a lot more female comment commentators and broadcasters now mm. that uh, in the business.
0: yeah, I mean yeah, I, it's it's beautiful, and when I hear them talk, I mean being the first one in Asia. Whenever someone from Asia is commentating, I feel I have a role in that because being the first one, I do feel I might have, uh, hopefully I would have inspired them in some small way to become a commentator or to take take up this rather difficult profession, especially for a female. Because in, in Asia, men just think cricket is something they own. It's not for the females, it's just for men. But now that more and more women are coming into this profession, even from Asia, I feel really good. And I feel that somewhere along the line, I might have inspired them. and That feels good. But, uh, you know, I would want to do a lot more work. I would love to uh, commentate, say, maybe for Sky one day or, uh, you know, some of the foreign channels. So, yeah, I'd like to work with them. But uh, I do feel uh, quite proud of the fact when uh, young ladies are now commentating in Asia, I feel like I've got some part in this.
1: Sounds like you really feel you're you were a pioneer because it must be harder for a woman to to work in cricket in Asia than other parts of the world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you know, um, earlier that, you know, there were some villains in my life who didn't want me to work. They tried their very best. I shouldn't. Um, you know creating hurdles for me and not giving me work but then I was a very resilient sort now now when some young lady comes to me and asks me for advice I I tell her that don't take it up if you haven't got resilience and don't take it up if you're not going to watch test matches and don't take it up if you don't have the power or the will of to fight against the villains and you will have them so you know it has been a difficult journey but then along the line like i said i mean really pakistan ptb uh, pcb ramiz Raja. i've got a lot of heroes in my life who've helped me to develop and grow so yeah you know definitely
1: well thank you very much for that you really really show your passion for the game of cricket and the the work you've done in, in getting to where you are today and, and inspiring and lots of other female uh, broadcasters. Uh, but I'd like to move on to talk about cricket and the World Cup, more more so on the three-match test series, but just briefly on the World Cup. What were, you, what were your thoughts on the competition? We had quite a lot of rain. We had some big shocks that actually helped uh, helped Pakistan and victory for England. But what were your thoughts?
0: Well, initially, I mean, that game against India, I mean, I I feel we should have won it. I, I felt we did enough to get around 160 runs with our bowling attack to win it. Of course, I mean, not I'm not happy and I'm very vocal about the Pakistani openers not using the power play properly and not getting those 50-55 runs uh, and being conservative. I mean, I'd rather have someone else open with Rizwan than Babar and Babar going down the order. But then I felt in that match, we've done enough. Um, and then you know, I, I, I of course, as any Pakistani, I was very sad. And then the the main shock was that Zimbabwe match. I mean, I mean, not in a hundred years would I have thought that Pakistan is going to lose to Zimbabwe. But then from there onwards, I felt Pakistan had some pieces of luck. Pakistan played really well against um, South Africa after losing uh, four wickets. I think it was they came back really well via... Shadab and Iftikhar and then bowled well. And, you know, uh, the other matches we played well. We made a good comeback in the tournament. And then also, of course, we were held by um, South Africa, cho- choking against um, the Netherlands. So it was, a, it was a, you know, good tournament for us. I wouldn't say that we played great cricket throughout the tournament because we didn't. I mean, losing uh, to Zimbabwe and that match against India, I can't say we played... Um, Uh, some good cricket and then the worries about the power play is still here as I speak to you. Um, So yeah, there are some worries which need to be addressed as far as the power play is concerned and Pakistani batting is concerned, but I'm really happy with the Pakistani bowling. I think they've done wonderfully well. They're a very balanced attack, excellent pacers. You can bowl the slow one, the bumper, the Yorkers, normal length deliveries. So, you know, And they've got a lot of aggression. We've got two excellent spinners. But there is some concern about the captaincy and the power play.
1: Certainly true about the Pakistan bowling. I think the highest score that any team got against Pakistan was India in that first match.
0: Yeah, I mean, that just speaks volumes of their um, uh, prow- prowess as bowlers. I mean, the young bowlers, they're not the most experienced bowlers in the world. Shaheen was injured. I don't know if he should have played that tournament or not, but I mean, he did. And and once he, uh, you know, went into more and more into the tournament, he became better and then unfortunately he was injured. But the rest of the bowlers... Uh, Rauf and Naseem and uh, Vaseem, they all bowled well, and then the spinners bowled well, particularly Shadab. Um, and I, I I just feel that maybe Nawaz could have been used better. When, as a captain, you're playing with a player, you, you know exactly what temperament he's got. Whether he's a finisher with a bat and the ball, and I don't see Nawaz to be the finisher. So you don't use him in those crunch moments. So there, there, that is why I see I've got, say I have got some concern about the captaincy. So I I feel Nawaz could have been used maybe in the power play and then in the middle and not so much in the end. And also when he's batting, don't ask him to finish. Maybe uh, use him as a pinch hitter, and he's done so well as a pinch hitter. So you know I I I feel Pakistan cricket has uh, you know it has a lot of room to improve. Uh, the captaincy and, you know, the batting and the tactical point of views, different uh, areas, but it's it's in the right direction. I think Ramiz Raj is doing well. Uh, he You know, international cricket's coming back. The team is developing. Um, we, we've got some young players, the Pakistan Junior League. He, that's a great thing. So I think he's the right guy to go forward with, Ramiz Raja But then we got to work at small little things and then go forward with those, uh, correcting those things.
1: Well, let's move on to the Test Series. It's 17 years since England toured Pakistan when Michael Vaughan's Ashes winners toured. They lost the series 2-0. What do you recall about that series, Lena?
0: Well, you know, as you said, I mean, Ashes uh, winning series coming to Pakistan, coming to the subcontinent, uh, it's a different feel. I mean, you win the Ashes and you come to the subcontinent, uh, you'll have to play a different brand of cricket in the subcontinent, different pitches. Different flavor, different crowd. Crowd, so much Pakistani crowd. So I, I, I believe I'm Michael Wan must have learned a thing or two playing in, in the uh, subcontinent. Difficulty of playing, uh, and of course, England Pakistan have got a rich test cricket history. And uh, you know, um, we've gone and uh, won. In, um, in England and in England in uh, 2001 won that fantastic test match where it was almost pitched up. Uh, pitch so, so yeah, I mean, that was the last series under one that England lost and they must be looking to avenge that because oh. this is a great side they have under Stokes now. Uh, I mean, it's all, there's so much talk about, you know, aggressive cricket and, you know, baseball and all that so Pakistan should be very wary of this English cricket side. I mean, you know, um, they recently made a tour uh, playing seven T20. Um, seven, uh, so some of them might know the condition and some of them might know the condition is even better because some of them play, uh, you know, the uh, Pakistan Cricket League. So this is going to be an interesting, uh, inter- uh, interesting series for me because it is uh, a series where Pakistan will be looking uh, to uh, make amends for the Australian series, which uh, they lost uh, um, like seven, eight months ago. And then England would be looking to win in the uh, subcontinent because that's really big for any um, side coming from England, Australia, New Zealand to come and win in the uh, subcontinent. They can take a leave out of Cummins' uh, side and win. They just won one one zero. But for me, the main thing would be the pitches, uh, Stefan. I mean, I would want... Really good supporting pitches, not the ones we dished out against. uh, Not like the ones we dished out against the uh, Australians a few months ago, where uh, we were. It was so negative. I mean, I would want a pitch which, for a day and a half, it would support the fast bowlers from day, uh, you know, the second day to the third day. Support the batsmen last few days. Maybe some spins, some cracks opening up, some reverse swing. So something there for everyone, not just for the batsman, because that doesn't work for me. That kind of negativity would never work for me. And that kind of negativity uh, via the pitches, I mean, you can never win a series uh, against any side. And Pakistan should have learned that. And I'm quite positive uh, that um, the pitches are going to be better because I know Ramiz Raja for a fact wants to uh, you know play cricket he wants Pakistan to play cricket on positive pitches or sporting pitches where there's a bit for everyone and um, we have spoken about it Uh, I have spoken to him and he's been very passionate about what you know the sand uh, content in the pitch etc and how a pitch should be just you know nice and sporting and should be, people should be able to watch good cricket. So I just hope that he can walk the talk because I know he certainly wants a better pitches. You know, the pitches against Australia just come into uh, sort of, uh, you know, uh, come as the chairman of the board. He was just finding his feet. Now that he's found his feet, done some good things, he's in command. I think the pitches should be better. And that's the key for me, um, you know, to have a good test series. Whoever wins. Uh, I just want a good uh, set of pitches to be offered uh, to both the sides.
1: And Pakistan announced their squad, I think, a couple of days ago. What were your thoughts on the, the squad that's been announced? And can you point out some of the the key players in the Pakistan lineup?
0: Well, yeah. You know, uh, Shaheen Afridi certainly, I mean, uh, his uh, him being absent won't do Pakistan uh, many favours. I mean, Pakistan certainly missed him. So in his absence, I mean, the fast bowlers who are going to take uh, his place are going to take responsibility as the leader of the pack. Would, the responsibility would come on the young shoulders of Naseem Shah and uh, Brauf and maybe Wasim uh, or if, uh, um, you know, those kind of bowlers who haven't played many test matches. Naseem, uh, can you beat it? Naseem is the most experienced amongst these uh, chaps. So, yeah, the, uh, the responsibility would be on their uh, shoulders. Uh, in my mind, there'll be a key, key question whether these bowlers were usually considered to be T20 or one-day bowlers, whether they'll be able to bowl lo- long spells, uh, you know, and take wickets and have that kind of indoor endure- endurance and uh, if they're so fit to bowl in a test match. So that'll be interesting for me. And uh, responsibility, of, of course, would be on the senior batsman to put up enough runs for the to give that kind of cushion to their fast bowlers and spinners, you know. Uh, they've got new mystery spinners. Um And uh, there's no Yasser Shah, so you know um uh, the responsibility would come on uh, you know players like uh, Babar Azam and Azhar Ali and Rizwan and Abdullah Shafiq and Imam. So those are those are going to be responsible for giving the bowlers enough runs to then try and get wickets and dominate a Test match.
1: You mentioned Abdullah Shafiq. He, I looked him up. He's quite unfamiliar to. English uh, cricket fans he's only played seven test matches but he's been very successful.
0: He's a very good player he is pretty much in the mold of Baba Azam very classical can play the cover drive well can play on the leg side can play well off his pads can play the straight drive uh, drive well uh, and can take a lot of pressure as he did in Sri Lanka when the chips were down and he made single-handedly when made Pakistan win the test test match against the odds So he can play on those kind of pitches where there's a little bit of turn, there's a little bit of seam. He's got a good technique. But one thing is that he's got to improve on his uh, temperament. I still feel he's got to work on his temperament. And whether he has done that or not, uh, Pakistan just finishing a very, very strong Quaid-e-Azam Trophy, the domestic series, the four-day competition. So he's played almost lots of matches in that so his uh, he should be like a well oiled machinery he's got a few runs there also he captained the side so he's someone who's who's one for the future and i like i said god he's got all the shots uh, in the book and he plays some fabulous shots so he's good to look at um, he can play all the shots he's got uh, he can take pressure and he's slowly working on on his uh, temperament he will be facing the new ball and um, so, and as we know, the England's got some tall, fast bowlers. So it'll be a good competition. Also, I do feel uh, that his partner Imam will also be uh, someone we we're looking at closely. He, he's, he's done well in Test cricket and One Day. So he will be also the key man. The opening cup partnership was also almost always the key. And then, of course, the Barbar Azams and the Azhar Ali's. And England
1: had a very successful summer here. Six wins in seven matches. Uh, how do you think? Oh, they don't like us saying this anymore. But how do you think Basball will will play in in Pakistan on on different surfaces?
0: Well, yeah. First of all, you've got to uh, you know sort of assess the conditions uh, and see what kind of uh, what brand of cricket you should be playing on those uh, conditions. Conditions, for instance, uh, if the pitch is a square turner, you can't. Uh, play the basketball on that, because if the ball is turning square, you will be in trouble if you're too aggressive. But then, if you go into a shell, also that's not good. I'm never, I'm never a fan of going into the shell. Or I, I rather play the the basketball brand of cricket. That's more exciting. And I always feel that if you're um, you're positive, you address um, these the situations with a positivity in your mind and in your body language and through your strokes. And, you know, just have a better body language. It just always serves you well. So I'm a fan of the basketball um, uh, brand of cricket. But I also do feel that you've got to assess the conditions before you decide, okay, I'm going to be extra aggressive on this, um, you know, this track. Or I'm just going to, you know, just sort of see what the ball is doing and then go for my my strokes. And if I have to come down the wicket or if I got to play on the back foot, so you've got to assess your situation and then be as positive as you can be, and that's baseball for me.
1: Well, one of the uh, key uh, players for England last, well, this summer uh, was uh, Johnny Besto. He's out injured, so who are you looking forward to seeing in the three-match series?
0: Definitely, man uh, uh, goes without saying. Definitely, Ben Stokes. I'm looking at him. He's the captain. He's a man of the moment. He he's won England not just test matches but world cups, and he's just got a brilliant temperament, alongside having a brilliant game and assessing the conditions well. He's mentally so strong. Uh, another guy I'd look be looking at would be Duckett. And, of course, Root. Joe Root is, uh, you know, one of the main batsmen for them. Like for Pakistan, if it's barbar Azam, for England, it's Root. I just love his uh, temperament. And the way he, uh, you know, just watching the game for 15 minutes and already in 15 minutes, he'll be 20-25 not out. So he he's someone who starts well, uh, takes the singles, doubles well. If you give him a bad ball, he'll dispatch it to the boundary. So, yes, definitely those two with their experience and class... Stokes and roots, and then you know players like Duckett and uh, you know um, whoever's uh, batting in the middle order, uh, if um, Brooks or whoever's given an opportunity. But then definitely, I I think England would miss uh, the experience and class of uh, Baystro, who's done so well uh, in that new baseball scenario. So he's like Stokes' soldier, one of his main soldiers in the um, you know uh, in the baseball scheme of things. So he's missing one of his main soldiers, but he's got the other one, Root. So let's see how he does with Root and the youngsters like Brooke and Duckett and so on and, and folks down the order. He's a good wicket keeper. I like him and he can bat a bit. He's got a good temperament. So, yeah, I think England's pretty solid, but they got to assess the condition, not just the philosophy, but uh, have a philosophy according to the conditions.
1: Talking about the conditions, how do you think the England bowl and attack will fare? We've only got the one spinner in in Jack Leach. Obviously, Joe Root will bowl quite a lot, I think.
0: I think uh, the fastball is pretty good. Of course, you're missing Broad, who's one of my favourite bowlers. uh, Anderson and Broad and the way they bowl, I mean, just tremendous. Um, So, yeah. I mean, uh, Broad is missing. That's always going to be uh, not great for the English side. Uh, that experience, he can reverse swing the ball and this reverse swing does come into play in subcontinent. So, yeah, you guys are missing him. But then you've got enough ammunition in Anderson and Oli Pop and you and know, Robinson and all those guys. But yes, I feel England is going to be uh, using um, Livingston a lot because he can bowl both the... The um, off spin and, and leg spin, and he he's a very talented cricketer. So he will figure in your middle order as well as be one of your main spinners alongside Leach. Um, he could cause problems for Pakistan uh, because you know his type of bowlers. You just take 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 him easy, but then he will produce that delivery to get a wicket. And then in Test cricket, one wicket can always bring two. And a good session can always become bad for you if you just say you've got 80 runs in one session and five overs to go in that session. But end of the session, you you got 90 runs, but you lost three or four wickets, then that good session becomes bad for you. So he's someone who would be the key for me alongside Leach, um, you know, as far as the spinners. But then your fast bowlers also, Anderson with his experience and Miss Class, which is my favorite bowler, and and also they'll have to figure out what length they'll have to bowl here in pakistan whether it's the fuller length or maybe just just short of a good length and if they get their length right they'll be um, they'll cause, cause a lot of difficulty the fast bowlers but figuring out the length is um, would be the key for me both for the pakistani bowlers fast bowlers and the english fast bowlers
1: and summing up what's your prediction for the series roland butcher who features on this podcast he went for a pakistan 2-1 win
0: well, I, I I say maximum Pakistan will be able to draw the series because I, like earlier in the podcast, I said that Pakistan does have problems closing out series. If they close it out and, and Mr. Butcher's right, and if it's a 2-1 series, I'd be over the moon for Pakistan. Uh, and I'd really like to see that. But I'd say 1-1. And if not an English win, then 1-1.
1: And what do you think the crowds will be like for the, the Test matches?
0: Well, I think there should be good crowds supporting the home team, but the uh, crowds in Pakistan are always very, very supporting towards the teams visiting also. I mean, we're not one of those crowds who uh, you can't even uh, hear a pin dropping in the stadium if your batsman gets out. We we'll support the bowlers. We will support the touring team. We always have the kind of team would have one team's uh the touring team's flag on our cheeks and one side our own flag so there'll be good support for england for sure uh and there'll be good crowds supporting the home team also it should be uh, you know uh 75 80 percent stadiums full so it should be a good experience for the english uh, youngsters touring uh, for the first time few of them and the matches should be very exciting but once again I'd have to say that there's nothing more important for me than the pitches which are dished out for the series. They need to be supporting for the crowds to enjoy, and then people all over the world on television watching the series. And um, yes, yeah, so the, the, more than the crowd, it's just the pitches. But you're going to see, see a very supporting book crowd. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that um, sums up the series very well, Lena. Uh, thank you very much for joining me on the paddock and the pavilion, telling me your own personal story and and talking cricket and I can see how much passion you've got for the game and hopefully in 2023 I'll get to see you in person in in the UK.
0: Absolutely Uh, thanks for having me it was great fun I mean we've been planning this for a long time finally we do it and it's been a great uh, fun Uh, so thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Paddock and the Pavilion you can download the show on Apple Podcasts Amazon Music SoundCloud Stitcher and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the Pad and Pad. Don't
1: forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Sports Social Podcast Network.